Welcome, Bird Gang. Well, sometimes plans change. On today's show, we fully expected to be talking about who stood out and who made one last impression in the preseason finale. Instead, and for good reason, the game in New Orleans was canceled. Our thoughts and prayers with everyone affected by Hurricane Ida. Meanwhile, here in Arizona, there's a lot of people playing GM with roster cuts needed to be made. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 459, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. As exciting as a time this is, this is also one of those times where you just, it's very difficult, certainly when you're around the team. We're obviously talking about what's happening on Tuesday, 1 p.m. Arizona time. The final roster cuts need to be made. And just right around the corner, the start of the regular season, MJ, week one, September 12th. Yet in order to get to September 12th, you got to get through this week. And it's hard a lot to say goodbye to some of these players, especially the front office and the coaching staff. You spend so much time, whether you drafted a player or brought them in as a free agent or an undrafted rookie free agent, and then you got to give them that tap on the shoulder and say, you know what, it's it's just not going to work out at this moment. Yeah, and for some of these undrafted free agents, those who were able to sign or were in for a rookie minicamp and numbers weren't as uh, as uh, up as they were in previous years because of the COVID situation, but you know, this is uh, this is the business, and you know, uh, hopefully these guys showed enough on film. Um, they did have a couple preseason games, and so you hope that maybe they can slide some of these guys to the practice squad. I'm intrigued with some of the guys that the Cardinals have released, and we'll see the list as it get uh, closer to tomorrow. But it's always fluid, and just because they announce a 53-man roster, um, you know, they could put waiver claims in. And last year the Cardinals did not put a waiver claim in just based on no preseason, so there wasn't really the cross-check, how is this guy against the guy on the roster. I don't know if it's one and a half, but I, I do think there's three positions. If they look at a waiver claim, it would be offensive line, and again, I think they're good, maybe 8-9. I think tight end, depending on how many they want to keep, is it three, are three on the roster right now. And the other one would be safety. And, you know, that's a position where they have guys uh, on the roster, but do they feel like they still need another one? So those are three positions I think that they would look at the waiver claim. They have the 16th overall claim. Of course, that will be till third week of the season. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have a claim on every single player that gets released. And I got to think if you're Trent Belke or Urban Meyer, you have to turn that roster over. And now you get a chance to get all these guys that are going to get cut and a lot of guys will go on the practice squad. Well, remember, it wasn't that long ago. The Cardinals had that number one waiver claim. Justin Murray is how they acquired him through that waiver claim process, picking him up, and all of a sudden, here he is. Didn't Not only didn't he become a starter, but he's in line or in that competition to be the starting right guard this season here in 2021. So you can find those diamonds in the rough, if you will. But keep in mind, and you pointed it out, but remember, Bergang, if you submit a claim, you are locked into that player through week three. So the first three weeks of the regular season, that player has to be on your active roster. It's not like you can claim someone and, oh, it doesn't work out, and you say goodbye. No, no, no. 
three weeks, meaning three games in order to evaluate. And then after that, you can make a decision. But certainly those are little procedural things that you have to keep an eye on. It's just like, oh, let's just claim that guy. Well, you know, you claim someone, you got to get rid of someone. Then, of course, that player you claimed is on your team for three weeks. And, again, they don't have to be active on game day. Correct. They just have to be on the 53-man roster because when you claim someone, you're hoping he can come in here and help you. Now, is it an offensive player where he's a plug-and-play? I think we know who the starters are there. Defensively, is is he a guy that is more depth? And so you're hoping when you claim him that, you know, it's probably going to be an act of the first couple of weeks unless you have an injury. So And then it's the big-picture stuff. I want to say the Cardinals were able to get Tanner Vallejo few years ago yes and that's someone that is still on this roster and a big part of this roster not just defensively but special teams as well that's really where he's made his mark got a lot of snaps late last season on defense but one of those guys that in the event your starter goes down well then you have a capable backup yeah and you know we talked about you know First of all, we have no idea who's going to make the team. We can sit there and watch training camp. We know. I mean, I have one percent of what they know. It comes down to, okay, who's the uh, who's behind this guy? How much is he making? What's his age? What's the medical? Um, how many years left on does he have on his contract? So there's a lot of moving pieces when you start to put that puzzle together for a 53-man roster. But you know, I look at a guy like Kylie Fitz. You know, is is he going to make the roster just based on Victor Dimonkichi? And what he's done, and to me, uh, Kylie Fitz is a guy that plays on teams, really good teams player, and he could set the edge. So maybe a team out there is saying, okay, if if the Cardinals release him, we're going to take a look at him. And again, he has to go on the roster. And I'm sure in the perfect world, the guys that some of the Cardinals released, they're hoping to get him back on the practice squad. And we're talking about veteran players, not just guys that have been in the league less than three years. Yeah, it is always that cat-and-mouse game. We discussed this late last week because there are a handful of players. Every team hopes, clears waivers that they can get back on the practice squad to further develop or perhaps maybe even put them, elevate them at some point during the regular season because they're just that close. They just don't have a spot right now currently available for that player. There, there have been times, um, you know, when depending on the calendar, there have been times it's a Saturday or Sunday and you're waiting for the Cardinals to send them to the list and they're one of the notorious teams that wait for the very end. Some teams will release their players because now all of a sudden, in fairness to them, maybe get them a chance to another team take a look at them. But I think it's a cat and mouse game. They don't want to release the players uh, initially because some of these guys want to be, bring back on the practice squad. So it's kind of like take, take it up to the, the last minute and they could make the rest of the moves today. Obviously, the deadline's tomorrow. They've already started. So, um, again, you're going to see different names, but it'd be, until it becomes official, we really can't touch on that. Well, let's get into what we do know at the moment here. And the Cardinals, early Monday morning on August 30th, announced the release of 10 players. Offensive lineman Shaq Calhoun, running back Tavian Feaster, wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson, offensive lineman Michael Minette, defensive lineman Cam Murray, Cornerback Picasso Nelson, wide receiver A.J. Richardson, linebacker Evan Weaver, punter Ryan Winslow, and linebacker Bryson Young. 
did that in alphabetical order. Certainly the name that stands out and everyone certainly highlighted when this press release went out this morning is wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson, sixth round draft pick back in 2019 and someone that we had seen develop, especially this offseason, as far as, hey, if you're going to be on this team and you're not a top four wide receiver, if you're the fifth or sixth guy, you got to be playing on special teams. And he really worked hard to participate on special teams. We could see that in training camp each and every day. But what we see versus what shows up on film and what the coaches discuss, that is something that we're not privy to. It certainly was a surprise because I think, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb here, MJ, but if you asked most people in the know, media, fans who follow this team, when you talked about the wide receiver position, Keyshawn Johnson was your fifth wide receiver ahead of Andy Isabella, but behind a Rondell Moore. And I think that is why there's a lot of surprise faces and looks and raised eyebrows when you see that Keyshawn Johnson was one of those 10 players released on Monday. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's always a surprise. And, and I was surprised just based on what, what he was doing on special teams and he was catching the ball and you know the fact that he was part of that Kyler Murray draft class, which doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day. We've already... Uh, watch them move on from Akeem Butler trading him and now Keyshawn Johnson. And so from that draft class, Andy Isabella, you know, the first thing for me is when I look at it is, okay, are they going to go with five uh, wide receivers? Because there are a few guys uh, that maybe could slide in the practice squad. Are they going to go with six? Is that six player on the roster now? Um, but again, I mean, it, it, the feeling is, uh, maybe that they feel like they you know go with five and then they, maybe they go with four running backs or we don't know how many are going to be active on game day how many tight ends is it three or two so it is a numbers game but uh, you know I thought when you looked at the top five receivers I thought he was in the mix there um, again that's just what we see from the outside and 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 again I was a little surprised and um, you you don't like you think you watch all this and. Teams have obviously different input in how they look at things. So when I saw that this morning, I was like, okay, what's the reason? And, you know, you try to find out, and I'm, I'm not doing that right now because they've got so much going on. But I was like, okay, did they keep five? Is there somebody else out there um, that they got their eye on they think will get cut? And, again, I'm speculating. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like on Wednesday compared to the next 24 to 48 hours. Here's what Kingsbury had to say when asked about Keyshawn Johnson. Quote, we know he can play in this league, but it's tight competition in that room, and it became a numbers game, end quotes. And I think you're going to hear a lot of that, not just from Kingsbury, but from coaches around the league, the numbers game, because you're looking to fill 53 spots, but there are so many quarterbacks, there are so many defensive linemen, so many cornerbacks that you can keep. You can't keep everything. Everyone, and if you want to subtract someone to keep someone else, now all of a sudden, a numbers game. What do you do? You have to weigh these positions. What what does this team value more? The wide receiver position, the running back position, offensive line. And then you look at the other side of the ball. Is it the front seven? Is it the secondary? This is all something that you have to weigh. And there are discussions taking place, not just here on Monday, but have been taking place well during training camp. And I think when you look at a guy like Andy Isabella, yes, he didn't get a chance to play in the preseason, but you know he has speed, and everyone's going to go big deal. He, you know, he's he's inactive every day. As Isabella had a great camp. I mean, he caught everything. Um, he can play inside and outside. And you look at Keyshawn Johnson; he's more strictly an outside guy. We know the Cardinals, you know, have plenty enough of slot receivers. 
So maybe that's – and if you look at the depth chart, which it's in Craner Sand, they do have Andy lining uh, back up to DeAndre Hopkins. So, again, they move them around. They can go four wide. They can go five wide. So, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, to me, I thought he would back up A.J. Green just based on the size, but obviously that wasn't the case. But Isabella – um, obviously it's a big year for him and a lot of other guys that they've been in the league the third year and they really haven't scratched the surface. Um, but I think he's had a good camp. I know that Kyler trusts thrown to him, and I think Kingsbury and the entire organization appreciates how hard he works. But at the end of the day, it's about production on game day. I'm glad you brought up Kyler Murray because I didn't think about this until you just mentioned it, but that chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver Kyler Murray and Keyshawn Johnson had that chemistry and had it from the get-go two years ago in 2019, so that's another surprise. And again, these players don't have a say in the final 53-man roster, but that's part of it. Who are quarterbacks comfortable throwing the football to? And all of a sudden, what we thought was a chemistry, now all of a sudden that's been taken away, and does does it get filled by something else? It's once again, you're, you're weighing the pros and cons on how you – figure out how to best make up your best 53 players. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's really, uh, you know, Steve Kime, Adrian Wilson, you know, Quentin Harris has a lot of, uh, wears a lot of hats. He's more in charge of college, but he also is a, is a former scout, Drew Grixon. But I got to think when you're around that big rectangular ch- uh, table and you're going around the room with your coaching staff, what did Sean Jefferson say about Keyshawn Johnson? Because I think he's definitely made an impression with Hop just practicing and being engaged, and now that he's got the contract, he has got no worries. Uh, we'll give A.J. Green credit, but also I think Jefferson sees something in him where they feel like this can work. Uh, we know about Rondell Moe and Christian Kirk, so I wonder when it went around the table if that was the case. Now, ultimately, whatever he says, they're going to filter it through, and then the general manager, head coach, and, and possibly ownership is in there just to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Let's continue more on this wide receiver discussion here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, as we kind of look ahead to what we all anticipate being a big day, and that would be 1 p.m. on Tuesday, August 31st, when your final 53-man roster has to be set. Now, of course, there can be changes. Guys can go on injured reserve. You can claim a player, and all of a sudden, those final four or five players who make the initial 53-man roster might not be there Wednesday when this team practices for the first time with that 53-man roster intact. But the wide receiver position right now, if you're looking at it, yeah, we all anticipate now Andy Isabella making this team behind DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and Rondell Moore. Keyshawn Johnson was one of those outside receivers, could play inside if needed, but he was six feet tall. And now all of a sudden your tallest wide receivers are A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. Does this move with Keyshawn Johnson open up the door for someone that certainly flashed early in training camp, was injured, returned to practice this past week, if I don't if I remember correctly, but Antoine Wesley, he's six foot four, two hundred plus pounds. He has the height. He's more lanky, but he does have the height and that large target that you want if you're a quarterback, plus the connection knowing this offense, he played for Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech, is now the door open for an Antoine Wesley to make this team. He caught everything the first couple of days in practice, you know, in the ramp-up period where they weren't able to put on the pads, and all of a sudden he was out for a few days, and it seemed like a couple more days, and ever since he's returned, and he knows Cliff Kingsbury's offense. So, 
we can speculate on this and maybe connect the dots. Maybe he is the sixth receiver. Um, I thought there were other guys. A.J. Richardson, I thought, you know, he's been in the system. JoJo Ward, both of those guys are no longer on the roster. Uh, Pacelli, he caught everything in camp. You know, maybe he's a practice squad guy, depending on what happens in the next 24 hours. But, um, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those situations where, you know, I think we all make comments, well, the Cardinals have a lot of small, short receivers. I do think there's something about that. You look at Rondell Moore, he plays a lot bigger than he is if Christian Kirk can stay healthy because these linebackers and these safeties are a little bit uh, larger now, and they got to go down and get these guys. And if you can get around a safety or a linebacker when you have speed like Moore – I think that's what you're looking for, yards after catch. But, um, yeah, it's, and, and I, I'll say this, Craig. I mean, Bruce Arians always said it best. You know, when you go to training camp, we're not the Cardinals yet. When you get to Wednesday, that's the Cardinals roster. But you can't tell me that these guys haven't built friendships. And they all know, and we always talk to players, hey, have you ever think about the depth chart? And guys will tell you, just play. Somebody else will see you on film. Just play. Don't worry about it. Because I got to think, you go back to your hotel room going – Hey, how many receivers did they keep last year? I'm number eight right now, you know. So, um, but I give them a lot of credit because you know some dreams are over, and you know you look at 32 teams can bring back 16 practice squad players. So, over 800 players will probably get released, and then you'll have like 360 come back. But a lot of these guys are going to have to figure out. All right, like Evan Weaver, is somebody pick him up on the practice squad? He's been on the team for two years. Um, and again, nothing against him. He was a great player in college, kind of undersized. Um, I wish he got a preseason last year because I could think he really could have excelled on special teams. But once again, when you draft Zayvon Collins, you draft Isaiah Simmons, you still got Jordan Hicks, and then you got Vallejo or Turk, uh, Zeke Turner. Again, it's a numbers game, and that's what happened with Evan Weaver. You brought up some names that did get released on Monday, some names that perhaps could wind up on the practice squad. I do think Michael Minette's seventh-round draft pick this past draft in April could be one of those guys. Picasso Nelson, the cornerback, they were very high on him last year, certainly one of those players that they protected quite a bit last season. Maybe even punter Ryan Winslow, just because it wasn't that long ago that he was claimed by the Cardinals during training camp. And all of a sudden, if you're looking for the backup, if you will, or an emergency kicker or someone, again, 16 players on this practice squad with up to six reserved for veterans, if you want. And then all of a sudden, you're trying to figure out how to fill a practice squad. Well, I, I think after that first uh, game against the Cowboys and the punter we had in camp, I think they're thinking, man, we got to get through the preseason here. But uh, I wouldn't preclude him from being on the practice squad. I, again, not so much for COVID, but you know, they do use the jugs machine, so it's not like Andy Lee's kicking every single day. But he is getting up there in age, and he's still productive, and maybe he had a, a less of a down year last year. Maybe it was more about their coverage units, et cetera, that really didn't have a great field position at times. So... Uh, but I think after that Cowboys game, the Cardinals thinking we got to get another punter in here. And so, again, I, I don't know if it's a luxury to bring him back. I, obviously, you know during the week if Andy Lee's got any issues, we don't see him on the injury report. So, But there's, there's guys they want to bring back. Um, and a lot of guys, they'll tell, hey, stay by your phone, stay in town. Now, some guys are like, my agent's on the phone, I'm going to go, go somewhere else. Not so fast. By the way, you bring up Andy Lee during the open portion of practice on Monday. He finally had his number 14. And Rondell Moore, who was wearing number four late in the week, the final practices. But Andy Lee 
Did not want to wear that number 14 just yet because it was too tight. It didn't fit him well, but he has a he has a form-fitting number 14, so it is official that number swap has occurred. Well, when you look at the Cardinals offense, you got number one, you got number two, um, you have number six, uh, you have number four. That's pretty much their playmakers besides Hop, number 10, A.J. Green, 18. Uh, am I missing anybody? Oh, you mentioned number two and number six, number one, and because uh, yeah, the other guys on defense, uh, Isaiah Simmons, correct, yeah. and then Byron Murphy, and Byron seven. Murphy. There you go. But on offense, I mean, it's kind of like they're they're playing cards here. I mean, this is their this is their stacked deck with his low numbers, and then Matt Prater at number five, Prater at five special teams like that. So I'll take I'll take Murphy and Simmons on defense, single digits, and Matt Prater. Um, I just hope we're not talking about him after the post-game show because I think he's been a huge upgrade. And, again, uh, I want touchdowns versus field goals, but he's if he's asked to kick a 22-yarder, he's going to nail it. He has been money so far in the preseason. Remember, just two preseason games, that preseason finale in New Orleans canceled, and that I don't know how much it might have affected the evaluation process. I'm sure for some players on the back end, you know, you want that other opportunity to get on film. But the entire evaluation, and Kingsbury brought that up, it's what you did in the offseason, it's what you did in the training camp, it's what you did in preseason action. No matter how many reps you got, what did you do with those reps? And I think that's parts of the struggle now when you lose that preseason game. Now, remember last year they didn't have any preseason and still were able to make some tough decisions. But how much not having that game Saturday in New Orleans might have affected a Keyshawn Johnson, an Evan Weaver, uh, a Michael Minette, a Tavian Feaster, guys that did hear their names get that tap on the shoulder and said, you know what, it's just not going to work out for you right now with the Arizona Cardinals. And I was curious to see because, you know, I'm thinking, did they roll Colt McCoy out there? I don't think we would have seen the starters from an offensive line standpoint. We know Hoppin, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore wasn't going to play. I don't know about Kirk. But I was curious, and I guess Kingsbury told the media today that it would have been the Chris Strebler show? He did. Kingsbury brought it up. He was not asked about it, but he was asked about you know losing that game and the opportunities for a lot of the guys, and he brought up that Chris Strebler would have started that contest. And if you're going to start that contest, you were going to play the entire ball game because we weren't going to see Kyler Murray and we weren't going to see Colt McCoy, so it was going to be the Chris Strebler show on Saturday. And I don't know if we would have got a chance to see Isaiah Simmons or Zayvon Collins could have been for a possession or two. Um, I think it was a great opportunity for Eno Benjamin to continue to show his upside because he only had eight rushes in the preseason. Now he definitely put up uh, over 130 yards, I want to say, maybe in in kick return. Uh, Jonathan Ward, more reps. I mean, it was just some guys that are not starters that you want to make sure that, you know, uh, again, that Cl- Cliff's maintained that they're likely going to keep four running backs. You know, we'll wait and see. But I just like to see those guys get a little bit more rest because when the season gets here, they're probably going to be limited and one could be inactive. We talk about Keyshawn Johnson being the one of those players that released. Did an Eno Benjamin maybe force this team's hand? Who are we going to keep? And Eno Benjamin proved that he was more capable in special teams than a Keyshawn Johnson. So maybe you're going a little bit heavier at the running back position than perhaps this organization even thought going into training camp. No, that's a fair point. And, you know, I would think they're going to have three tight ends. Now, all three dress on game day. Uh, that's a position I think they could look at the waiver wire. 
I just think in this day and age, you've got to keep four running backs. A couple of years ago, they had to bring in Alfred Morris and Zach Zenner. Now, clearly, David Johnson was playing on one leg, but injuries do happen, and we can sit here today, and we can't guarantee that Chase and James Conner are going to play all 17 games. So uh, I think four, but once again, numbers. How many are active on game day? We know Jonathan Ward has a vital part of the special teams unit. Eno's trying to get there, but he's more on the second or third team. So I think they'll keep four. And if I had a guess, I think Jonathan Ward would be active. Um, but it can go week in and week out based on a point. They are thoroughly impressed with Eno Benjamin's the way he hits the hole and, and the way he's, his low pad level, where if he can get through a sliver or a seam, they feel like he can break a play. But again, is he going to get that opportunity during the regular season? And how many times have we heard, whether it was from Benjamin himself or Kingsbury, and how much different, how a different attitude from Eno Benjamin this offseason and taking special teams more seriously. And Benjamin even brought it up when we had a chance to speak with him on the Cardinals Red Sea Report that when you don't play special teams in college because, well, you're too valuable on offense or defense, for Benjamin obviously it was on offense, then you come to the National Football League and everyone has to have a role. And if you're not a top-tier guy, well, in order to be active and on the football field for reps, you have to play special teams. And for some players, that's an adjustment. And for you know, Benjamin, when you have limited knowledge of special teams, I think he returned kicks a couple of times as a freshman, but then all of a sudden that's taken away from you because you're too valuable offensively. Now, how do you get that mindset back on to where, okay, let me figure out what I need to do to get my special teams back in order so I can be involved on this team and not just inactive on game day. All right, can I get on my soapbox? Listen, I, I understand in college, coach's job is to coach them up. Hopefully the, the, when they leave there, they're much better people, and, and hopefully they get their education. But I never understood when guys come in the NFL and they've never been in a three-point stance. You would think at the end of practice – uh, at, on the college campus, and I know they only could be out there for 20 hours, you would say, hey, spend 10 minutes putting your hand in the dirt. Wait, 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 wait. I, I'm going to interrupt you here because we're going to get off in a little sidebar here. Okay. Working. But that's not the responsibility of a coach to get you ready for the National Football League. No, I'm saying the player should be able to do it on his own. But now all of a sudden you're teaching them something that they're not going to do on Friday night or Saturday but, afternoon or Saturday night. And I, I, understand, I completely understand what you're saying. It puts yeah. them behind the eight ball when you get to the next level. But we're seeing more and more when we talk about offensive linemen. More and more of these offensive linemen now all of a sudden are not getting in a three-point stand in the National Football League because the offenses have changed the the nfl has adjusted because of what's happening at the college game right but what happens is once the bowl game's over or they tap out they hire an agent what about the agent how these guys you get guys coming here and they have never um because they've been the featured back their entire uh, high school and college career they don't even know how to get in pass pro they don't know how to protect the quarterback on a blitz some of these guys they look like they're you know they got uh, mitts in their hand they can't catch the ball the backfield and again, I, I look at T-Bone, I'm like, why didn't, because everything's a shotgun and all that other stuff. I, I get it, it's not their job, but I, these guys, when you hire an agent and you go to these workout places, it's not about your 40 time, okay? How many times are you going to run a 40 time? Um, if you're defensive back, you're running, uh, pedaling backwards. So I, I sometimes I look at this and go, why didn't these guys get you know more experience? Because that's a poor excuse to me that, you know what, eh, I haven't done it in a long time. 
Well, find a way. Well, and you can say the same thing about quarterbacks. When you are calling a play in the huddle, you turn to the sideline and they got these picture cards, <laughs> and all of a sudden you get to the National Football League and you got to spout off different segments, different uh, phrases and numbers and letters, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, I could just look and see four pictures and know that I'm supposed to do this. Now all of a sudden you're telling me I need to explain and state what to, to the rest of the guys in the huddle what the offense is supposed to do on this particular stat. And that's what you said. You're exactly right. Their job is to win games. But you're not helping the quarterback when he gets to the next level to read a defense. And again, that's not on them. It eventually goes on the player. Good sidebar here, MJ. I appreciate that uh, soapbox. By the way, Bird Gang, if you have not already watched it, Episode 5 of the Emmy Award-winning Cardinals Flight Plan is up and available on the Cardinals' official YouTube channel. Episode 5 titled, Take the Lead Once More, in-depth, behind-the-scenes look at what's going on in Cardinals training camp, including an interview with General Manager Steve Keim and his comments about this perhaps being the best on paper, roster that he has put together since 2015. And, of course, we know MJ 2015, the last time the Cardinals were in the postseason. Wow. I mean, I, I thought they put together a 10-win team last year. You know, we can say the onus is on the players, um, you know, down, down the stretch. Obviously, you know, um, they didn't score enough points. But, yeah, listen, I, I, I thought they put a good team together last year. Um, I guess we'll put it in the rearview mirror. That's encouraging, but they got to show it on game day couple of notes from Monday's open portion of practice. One, good to see Chandler Jones, number 55, out there after missing some time with an undisclosed injury. I believe it was a minor issue or a minor deal. I'll be glad when this is no longer a talking point because the injury report will come out next week and we'll figure out exactly what's ailing these players. And then the fact that no Robert Alford, no Justin Pugh, no Jordan Phillips during the open portion of practice. And according to Kingsbury, they remain and the COVID-19 protocols, but in the, quote, final stages. What that means, Berg gang, don't know, but if not this week, then definitely next week, according to Kingsbury. And this is going to put a little bit of a wrinkle. Okay, not a little bit of a wrinkle, but without those three players on the football field or still in protocol, they don't count towards your 53-man roster. So when these final cuts are coming... Then all of a sudden, yes, there'll be 16 cuts made. But don't forget that when Alford, Pugh, and Phillips come back, they take the spots of someone. So there might be names that do make the initial 53-man roster come Tuesday afternoon, but then Alford comes back and you have to say goodbye to someone. Then Phillips comes back and you have to say goodbye to someone. And then Justin Pugh. When he comes back, you have to say goodbye to someone. So those three players, and I think this is something that I think is going to get lost in the shuffle because we all assume that they're on the roster. They will be come week one, but there is now all of a sudden a little bit of some wiggle room because there are going to be three players that make the team, MJ, and then all of a sudden won't be on the team when those three players come back. Yeah, I think uh, it's been known – Hopefully position coaches tell their players, even though you, you haven't got the call yet, don't go out and buy a house, don't go out and buy a car. You should wait a few months and see if you're going to be on the roster the entire season. But, yeah, it's, you know, you're waiting, waiting by the phone and you, when you watch Hard Knocks, eventually somebody's going to call you and somebody's going to, they're going to send the van for you and you got the iPad. Can you imagine just sitting there and you don't get the call and you make the initial 53 and then two days later 
hey, uh, can you bring your iPad? And that happens a lot. And it's going to happen this week because of those three players not counting towards the roster. And all of a sudden they return, whether it's this week or next. Someone is going to be sent packing just to open up a spot for Alford Pugh or Phillips. And one more note on Phillips. Kingsbury was asked when Phillips does return or has taken off that reserve COVID-19 list, is he in position to practice? Kingsbury said he is. He has been working out, and that would be good to see because we haven't seen Jordan Phillips since maybe the first week of training camp. I mean, he went out soon after that run test and then has been out since and then landed on the reserve COVID-19 list. But a healthy Jordan Phillips goes a long way towards the success, I think, of this team, not just defensively, but the entire 2021 Arizona Cardinals. I just think it evens things out when you start looking at the rotation because if he's not there, he's projected to be a starter. So all of a sudden, you're going with the backup, and now the backup has to play more snaps than he would originally play. And the perfect scenario is Jordan Phillips, it's Corey Peters, and it's J.J. Watt. And the first guy coming off would be Zach Allen, and then you got the two run stuffers, you know. So, and I, I don't think Corey Peters is going to play every single snap. So you got to have some. And there will be times the Cardinals have two defensive linemen. Sometimes they're going to have three. They'll show a five-man look at the line. Uh, again, they need Jordan Phillips just like they needed Jordan Hicks on defense. But he's he, he's got to stay healthy, and you know it's nice that he's going to be able to come back and practice, but he's got to put together practices because I don't know what kind of football shape is in. But I'm telling you, they need him in week one. They need him in week five. They need him in week ten. Uh, they need him the entire season if teams are going to try to run the football on the Cardinals. Phillips only played nine games last season, hurt his hamstring, returned week 14 against the Giants, was re-injured, and ended the year on IR. And He was a big free agent addition a year ago or two years ago ahead of the 2020 regular season. And then I think we were all excited about Jordan Phillips being a part of this roster, and I don't think we've seen him yet. The Buffalo Bills version, Jordan Phillips, and I think that is what people want to see because when you look at that defensive line, and this this is where it gets, at least for me, when I'm trying to figure out who to keep and who to release as far as trying to get to that 53 magic number but J.J. Watt, Rashard Lawrence, Jordan Phillips, Zach Allen, Corey Peters, Lecky Fotu, there are six defensive linemen. That's your rotation whether you get three at a time or two at a time but the mystery if you will and the question mark I have is Michael Dogby. He's done nothing but one, stay healthy and produce and if you have players who are up there in age and have an injury history, a J.J. Watt, a Jordan Phillips recently, do all of a sudden this team add an additional defensive lineman keeping seven just because of concerns about one, losing a Dogby to another team, and then the concerns that you need to have some extra depth because you're concerned about some of these players that you have that just haven't been able to stay healthy on a consistent basis. And you got to throw Corey Peters in there. I mean, you talk about Jordan Phillips and J.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, I think they keep seven. I think they dress six on game day. And I, Dogby, to me, is a guy that's shown improvement. I like his body type. I think he's gotten a lot stronger. Um, but, again, he could be on the roster, maybe not playing, but we know that position – you got to keep fresh, and we've talked about how much. Even though Watt played 16 games last year, he's missed 32 in the last five. Jordan Phillips, as you pointed out, 
missed nine games last year. He played nine or missed nine? He played nine. Played nine, okay, so he missed seven. And then, you know, Zach Allen, I mean, there was times that he was taken out of the game, but he actually started 14 games. We know that Lucky and Rashad Lawrence are part of the rotation, but they got to stay lucky, uh, healthy. So I do think they'll keep seven. Now, is that seventh guy on the roster? It's a great question because they know what they have in Dogby. And, you know, again, uh, Brinson Buckner, what does he think about his group? But I think right now, um, besides Buck obviously getting his guys up to speed, I think he's got to get Jordan Phillips up to speed so he's on the field uh, throughout the course of the year. By the way, last season, Dogby saw action in three games. He spent the majority of the year on the practice squad. 14 times he was protected. That means this Cardinals team, they liked what they saw during the week of practice to where they could elevate him and all of a sudden he would go in and they wouldn't miss a beat. And when the Cardinals had all these defensive linemen, some were on COVID, some were returning from injuries. Of course, J.J. Watt, they were going to be cautious with. They did sign a couple linemen, um, you know. And to me, uh, whether it's Marcus Hunt, you know, Josh Morrow, they did release the guy that they got from the Cowboys last week. But I still think you can bring some of those guys back on the practice squad, just because of the nature of the position. And the history with some of these guys missing games. Well, Cam Murray was released on Monday, one of those players that perhaps you bring back on the practice squad. It's going to be an interesting 24, 48 hours. And again, maybe Bird Gang, by the time you're listening to this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, some of those decisions, some of those tough decisions have already been made. Kingsbury did acknowledge that this week they're treating this as a mock game week, meaning Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of game week. There is a mandatory four-day period, of mini-buy, if you will, and then on Labor Day, a bonus day practice on Monday, Tuesday, your regular practice or your regular day off for players, and then, of course, you get into the Tennessee Titans week on Wednesday, and of course, September 12th is the regular season opener. Yeah, and, and I think every team's treating this like a bye week. I mean, you, you go through your, your your training camp. Some teams, out the majority of teams played three preseason games. A couple only played two. And then you give the players off a few days, and then you have that bonus practice, and they'll have another bonus practice on Labor Day. Um, but this is really a bye week, and, and that's the reason why I was I was intrigued and excited when J.J. Watt was on the field last week. I thought every, once they broke camp, I think we're going to start to see these guys because they realize what's what's at stake here, and you got to get into football shape. And so it's really important that they get Phillips, um, Justin Pugh, um, and then and then obviously um, Robert Alford should all come off the list. Um, Phillips is obviously in Pugh or more concussion or COVID protocol, but. I think these guys got to get on the practice field so they can knock some of that rust off. One last topic here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. The NFL Top 100 players list is complete. The final player for the Arizona Cardinals on the list, the Cardinals had four players. I'm only going to count three, though, MJ. Uh, again, if J.J. Watt is listening to this or finds out about this, it's nothing against J.J. Watt, but I can't count him amongst the Cardinal players on this list because it's based off of a year ago, and J.J. Watt a year ago was playing for the Houston Texans. Watt landed at number 66, but the three Arizona Cardinals players, Kyler Murray, 39, Buda Baker, 19, and DeAndre Hopkins, it was announced over the weekend, number eight, same spot a year ago, Second-highest-ranked wide receiver, Devontae Adams, landed at number six. But for D-Hop, who 
believes, as he told us during training camp, he has not reached his peak yet. Certainly being a top 10 player, as voted by your peers, has to mean something. Now, of course, he'll want to be the number one wide receiver and not just be number two or a top 10 player. And Obviously, every player wants to be ranked number one, but nine times out of 10, unless you're Aaron Donald, that number one spot's going to go to a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I was thoroughly impressed that he was in the top 10. I, you know, you've got to figure Devontae Adams and then you know, Derrick Henry, and then you got to throw in the quarterbacks, and then you got to throw in the best defensive lineman in there, and usually it's a pass rusher. Uh, I'm hoping uh, if he has a great season that Chandler Jones will be on the list next year. Bounce back year for Chandler. Uh, Buddha and, and Kyler Murray made huge jumps, and as you pointed out, Hop was eighth last year, um, so he says he's in the same spot. I think it would be higher to get there just because of the nature of the position, and you have to put up big numbers, and right now Devontae Adams – I think he has 36 touchdowns in the last three seasons. Kyler Murray went from 90 to 39, a jump of 51 spots. Impressive. Buda Baker was even more impressive. Previously, MJ at 97. Now he checks in at 19. That's a jump of 78 spots. And for Buda Baker, the highest ranked safety in all of the National Football League. Not the highest paid anymore, but the highest ranked safety he's third now and that's what happens as far as the highest paid yes adams number one justin simmons from denver who was actually franchised in back-to-back years in buddha's third when dj humphrey signed his he was in the top three or four he is down somewhere between eight and nine that means you id your core you take care of them and let somebody else set the market well it's a great deal for the Arizona Cardinals. DJ Humphreys, a great deal for the Arizona Cardinals at the time. In the moment, you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. But then as you get further and further away from that, and then some of the other players coming up from behind get up for contract extensions, then all of a sudden that number doesn't look as bad. Now, the player might say, wait a second, I'm, I'm underpaid now. But for the Cardinals, it's always to do it earlier as opposed to later and this might be a foreshadowing, a discussion we might end up having next offseason when it comes to quarterback Kyler Murray because it's what all of these teams have when it comes to your QB1. If you don't have one, you got no chance, and that's why you're seeing teams you know, um, draft quarterbacks in the first round. Even though they got veteran guys, usually the, the veteran guy will play you know, a few games, and then if their team isn't very good, they go to the next guy. So it's one of the toughest positions to play in sports, and it's one of the toughest – positions to evaluate you think you know something I'm sure Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are still um, not sleeping well when they left Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson on the board now fast forward a couple years now they got Justin Fields even though they want to go with Andy Dalton so uh, I just I just look at Kyler and you know somebody texts me and say you're kind of bullish on Kyler I said this is the best camp he's had and he admitted it he he to me um, not that he didn't know the offense, but when they say he mastered it, he's mastered it. And now he's had more talent than he's had in three years. The upgrade at the offensive line could have two new starters, whether it's Josh Jones or we know Hudson's going to be in there. They added some wideouts for him. Um, I think Kyler Murray's in a great spot. Now, again, he's going to have to prove it on game day, but uh, I like what I saw. 
I think he's matured. I don't know if he's ever going to be a great leader. They got leadership in that locker room. But he's holding guys accountable. Just watch the, watch the flight path, and I like that. Flight plan. Flight plan, excuse me. Just watch the flight plan because he's holding guys accountable where I didn't really see that as much maybe over the first two years. Bird Gang, if you like what you hear, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, The Dave Pash Podcast, and of course this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.